0: this. Future lovers, it is Killstreak episode fifteen. Trying out that new catchphrase, that new greeting to all of you, my future lovers. Uh, we'll see how long it sticks around. You know, vote in the chat, thumbs up, smash the like button <laughs> if you want more future lovers. Yeah.
1: If you if you enjoy it, donate an extra ten dollars to our to so- fans.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm Eric Goslin, and joining me uh, all the way in
1: Texas. Mike Price. Hello, Mike. Hello, Eric. How are you this fine evening? You always ask me, but I want to know how you're doing.
0: Oh thank you so much for asking. I am I'm doing well. Uh, don't got much to complain about. Um, it's a little hot in the basement. Per oh. usual. I got my fan on. Hopefully that's not too big of a problem for the listeners.
1: Oh yeah. I should get my fan going here.
0: Yeah, get that fan going. They're our biggest fans. <laughs> 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 dumb son of a bitch. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm doing well. Good, you good, as well? Good. I, um, I heard you just watched a, f- a fine film.
1: Yeah, we like to talk about our, our outside the podcast viewing. Um, Kenda and I just watched Anaconda, um, Yeah, which I was telling her I don't think I have seen since its theatrical run in 1997.
0: I may have seen it on video after that um but I definitely saw it in theaters mm-hmm. I, I was pumped about it we brought up Roger Ebert last episode Roger Ebert inexplicably loved anaconda
1: <laughs> and i'm pretty I'm pretty sure he gave it like three and a half out of four stars um yeah I mean here's the thing with that movie it was fun no question um it's real stupid and a lot of it looks pretty shitty but it's like I think it's a movie that knows what it is, and it's having a good time with it. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I want... I don't know, you know, the world is so complicated these days, and you know me, I'm, I'm always trying to stay woke, but... Uh, You know, that's an annoying thing to say, just like... And then it's like, why is it annoying? And then it's like, we make fun of people for being social justice warriors. And it's like, wait, social justice is good. And then, you know, so anyways, all this to say that as problematic as John Voight's performance in that movie is, (laughs) it is a blast. (laughs) Yeah, he is, like, chewing up scenery. Or
0: not even chewing up Well, he is, but he's mostly
1: as you sent me a, a clip of he's mostly staring. <laughs> yeah, he does a lot of staring. With squinted eyes. <laughs> yeah, so much squinting. A really offensive accent. But like so, he so commits to it that it's almost just like, I don't, it's hard to yeah, anyways. Yeah. I have it comp- is an
0: interesting world that we populate with you and I being like mm-hmm. big horror movie fans and big action movie fans, especially yeah. like 80s and 90s action movies, mm-hmm. um, but also <laughs> like not really, you know, uh, subscribing to like the clear Reaganism and like oh my god, yeah, conservatism of the of the 80s, like horror movies too to a certain extent, oh, but yeah. definitely action movies. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, the movie I watched, which does not have any fun in it at all. Is Judge Dredd? <laughs> that movie fucking sucks. I mean, I don't even think I liked it as a kid. And I'm pretty I don't sure think I, saw I did it either. Theaters. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It is all, weak as hell. All I remember is the part from the trailer where Rob Schneider is doing the voice of Judge Dredd. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I remember so, thinking was funny. So, I am bro, the law.
0: I am the law. <laughs> I am the law. Um. <laughs> The weirdest thing about Rob Schneider being in that movie, Mm -hmm. I always get it confused with Demolition Man because he has a cameo in Demolition Man. Sure. Yeah. Uh, He's in it for the first five minutes or so. And then he doesn't appear again until an hour into the movie. And like you really picture him being there every step of the way. Yeah, it's like the sidekick, right? Yeah. No, not until like an hour into the movie does he reappear. Mm -hmm. And there are no jokes. Like he doesn't. Nobody really tells a joke in that movie. (laughs) he just he just impersonates
1: uh stallone
0: yeah he just kind of like
1: quips like in the Mm -hmm. laziest way sure you know yeah well yeah we'll do the briefest of watch this not that segments so judge dread terrible (laughs) right terrible but you know what is pretty damn good (laughs) which i'm sure you've seen is dread
0: oh yeah movie
1: fucking yeah, rules. with Carl Urban that movie sweet really
0: kicks so much ass yeah it really is great um, yeah i've been um, meaning to rewatch it
1: yeah and i mean got to give credit where credit is due it is like almost a, an american remake of um mm-hmm. What's helped me out here? I'm the forgetting. Raid. The Raid, yeah. Uh, the, the plot is almost, yeah, you know, incredibly similar, but, you know, uh, yeah. they, they stand on their own as separate movies, and they're both very fun. Yeah. Um, did you ever see The Raid Redemption? I didn't, and you, I believe you recommended it to me, and I still haven't seen uh, it. I don't know that
0: I was. That maybe I did. Um, it's interesting. It's not fun like the first Raid is, and it is so brutally violent, That like Jess had a hard time even finishing it. Wow! Uh, But it's cool. It's more serious. It's like a more. It's like, it's kind of like a crime drama with like intense violence
1: throughout. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. that's shocking to hear because yeah, Jess is a sick fuck. So she is a (laughs) sick, (laughs) sick woman. Uh. Speaking
0: of sick, sick people. Today we're here to talk about Friday the 13th: A New Beginning. Yeah. The 5th uh, movie in the franchise.
1: Um okay, should we do right off the bat our like our preliminary should you watch this? Shouldn't you watch this? Should we start yeah. with that and then, Let's and then do go that. and then dive deeper? All right, you we go first. We should probably
0: stop doing that at the end of the episode if we do it at the beginning. You know I mean like passing and failing. But yeah. yeah. So uh, No, you don't have to watch this one, bud. Yeah. (laughs) Buds. It's a weird, weird weird-ass Friday Mm -hmm. the 13th movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. I don't remember six very well. I I know that Tommy Jarvis reappears, so maybe you have to see this one to understand. But I kind of have the suspicion that you don't, that you can go straight from four to six.
1: I mean, yeah, because, well, you know, to to jump to the end of this for a second. We won't get into too much detail yet, but it kind of leaves you on the exact same note that the end of 4 does. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, and I agree. I think think that this is, uh, if I'm, yeah, again, as we have forced ourselves to do to make these sort of binary decisions, if this has to be pass or fail, I guess this fails. Although it's weird enough that uh-huh. it's it's still interesting and yeah, I agree yeah. with that. I agree with that. Um, but it's, it's not good. Like, <laughs> it's not good. No,
0: it's not good. <laughs> it's so strange. Yeah. Um, and not satisfying. <laughs> the <laughs> ending. Yeah, is not satisfying. What it might be the weirdest twist ending of all time.
1: It's a total fail in my I mean, yeah. I think the ending in particular in multiple ways straight up fails. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I mean we should just come out and say, Jason, other than in hallucinations in mm-hmm. dreams, does not appear in this movie. This yeah. isn't a Jason. So there's somebody in a Jason suit and right. it's sort of a retread of the first movie where it's it is a who done it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I actually didn't remember – keep this in mind when I'm doing my recap and reading my notes okay. because I, I didn't remember the ending of this movie at all. I've seen it before. I remember parts yeah. of it, but the ending was a complete. Like So the whole time I was expecting Tommy – all right, listen, guys. I'm going to spoil the <laughs> ending right now. I don't okay. know why you would be listening to this if you hadn't <laughs> ever seen it. Um, I was expecting Tommy to be the killer. Because right. that's just the way I remember it. Maybe I'm blending it with another... Mm-hmm. With six. I don't remember six very well either. Um, and so, as I'm taking my notes, I'm like, Jason, uh, aka not Tommy. And then it's revealed that it's not Tommy. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? I completely did not remember that. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I I just knew... I think I I, I had internalized the The piece of trivia that this is the no Jason one. Uh-huh. Um, and so I kn- I definitely knew that for sure going all the way through. and and I and I said this to you right before we started recording. My best guess is that this is uh, this is one that I've seen in the last decade. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, I've seen all of these a couple times, some more recently than others. And this one is like a more on the recent side, although just like you, there was a bunch of stuff I did not remember from this movie. Yeah, um, but I think I I also had held on to the fact that uh, the actual killer was not Tommy for the duration of the movie. Um,
0: okay, and I just did knew. You remember it, who it was?
1: I did not remember who it was until okay. the second of a shot in the movie where they linger, linger for a so weirdly long. long time on the actual killer, which yeah. we can, we can, we can hold off just in case you are someone who has never seen this movie and doesn't know who the killer is. We haven't revealed that yet. So we'll save that for our recap, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's not Jason Voorhees and it's not Tommy Jarvis. No. Um, um, so this one, they were
0: effectively trying to end The fourth, uh, the series with the fourth movie, Uh I guess, because this one came out like a year later. It wasn't even, they didn't even take a year off, I don't think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, the impression that I get, and this is not something I can verify. And what
0: are you, Dickie Barrett of the Mighty Mighty (laughs) Stones? (laughs) It's weird. Nobody in my room laughed. (laughs) Nobody clapped. I expected some
1: clapping. (laughs) Um,. Oh, boy. Uh, I wish I was faster, you know? Like, I wish... Like, I tried to do comedy for a while. Like, a a pretty long while. And I always Uh thought I was kind of funny, and I think I can be funny sometimes. You're a funny guy. Thank you. But it's like, I'm not super fast, and it's like... I wish I could be faster. And I think I maybe was when I was younger. I've just drank and smoked too much yeah. over the last over the last 20 years. But I was yeah. just like, in my in my head, right when you said when you, you made that hilarious Boston joke, <laughs> I was waiting for it to end, and then I was like, okay, so now I'm gonna go right into my notes and I'm gonna quote the title of another Boss Tones song. And then my brain was just like, "Good luck with that shit." Yeah, (laughs) and I was like, "Oh, this would have been so funny if I had the skill to pull it off, but I don't." uh, Maybe someday, I suppose you will. (sighs) See, you've got the gift. (laughs) I've got the gift, baby. The gift to gab. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, (laughs) I am. I'm under the impression, and this cannot be confirmed nor probably it can be denied or confirmed but i don't know i think that there are creative uh stakeholders that did want to and believed they were trying to end the series and then i think that there are other people who never really took that effort seriously and had no intention of giving up on it on a cash cow like this um and it's probably an oversimplification to just say, oh, yeah, the producers wanted to keep making more and, you know. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, the writers and the directors are, are new every time, you know, yeah. at this point. So it's not like there's some creative visionary who's taking this whole series from beginning to end. The closest thing we have at this point is still um, Frank Mancuso Make- Jr. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I was say,
0: and he even said in that documentary that on this one, he was very
1: hands-off with the yeah.
0: storytelling.
1: Yeah, and I think they just, you know, Paramount, we'll just say Paramount Pictures was like, now this, this is a cheap series to make. It is very profitable. We are going to keep making them until they stop making money. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, it's this is, Hollywood is a business, and so I'm not really going to, uh, you know, uh hold any anything against anybody for that prerogative. I mean, yeah, if you have a profitable series on your hands, keep going. I get it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, um, I get it. But anyways, they did want to commit to the sort of retirement of Jason Voorhees here. So that is one through line from four that they did kind of adhere to. Um but other than that, we've got all new writers and then or I think David Cohen, who worked on the first draft, is someone who had worked on at least one of the previous movies. But um, the director that they brought in, who sounds like a really interesting guy, <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> he, he also did a rewrite of the script. And that is one Danny Steinman. Uh, Eric, would you like to share any... Uh, uh, pearls of information about uh, about Danny Steinman. Well,
0: uh, Danny Steinman. Uh, I'm just checking. No, he. Uh, Danny Cohen. David Cohen did not write any other. Okay. Friday all, movies.
1: All new creative crew. Uh,
0: Danny Steinman. I actually, after watching um, Crystal Lake Memories or whatever it's called. Checked out his first one of his movies,
1: earlier movies called oh, High yeah. Rise, oh, which yeah. was a pornographic film. <laughs> is it now? Let me ask you this is, is it softcore or hardcore? It's hardcore. Wow. Okay. So he's a legitimate porn director. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, and I'm trying to let me look up real quick what other movies he did. But he was just oh, he did like an exploitation movie. Okay. Um, he was a straight up exploitation slash porno. porno director which i think there was a pretty big overlap in the 70s with that kind of thing you know what I mean? sure yeah and i get th- oh yeah oh no he directed savage streets right that was his biggest his other big si- movie. success up to this point yeah which yeah. is a movie i've seen in the past year
1: did you um, like it
0: uh no not totally uh okay there's uh, you know I feel like I'm banging the same drum. There's a pretty like extended rape scene in the movie mm. that like kind of kicks the action into, you know, kicks the story into action. Uh, of course, not a fan of that. Linda Blair does have a tremendous nude scene. <laughs> <in it. laughs> okay, um, uh, Maybe a couple nude scenes in it. Um, it's not great, um, but you know, I can see why somebody might tap them tap him to direct a Friday the 13th movie Mm. if they're mostly concerned with just like violence and nudity which seems like that was the case with this one gotcha
1: yeah um yeah well so that's uh, so he he there's an interview uh with him that I tracked down on the internet and this is something so he apparently was given some pretty clear marching orders from the producers in terms of what the expectations were on this movie. And basically he had two imperatives to follow. Uh, one was he had to do either a, a big scare or a death every seven to eight minutes in the movie. (laughs) And then over the course of the movie, he was supposed to essentially turn Tommy into the new Jason. Oh. Um, and I think that is something that you know, again, kind of didn't really come together. It, it kind of gets slapped together at the very end. Yeah. Um, but certainly, he he held on to the um, the the pace of death that they were looking for.
0: Yeah sort of to the movie's detriment honestly because they're just introducing random characters left and right
1: yeah well it's right we talked about this with part three where we get the essentially the gang characters who are seemingly introduced just to be killed yeah Um, and yeah same thing with this we have i mean there are two characters who i have a lot of questions about (laughs) i do too Uh,
0: (laughs) I know what you're talking about. Yeah.
1: That were, that are literally only in the movie for two, for one scene. They, yeah. they are introduced and then, and then murdered and they are, uh, <laughs> they have no relationship to anyone else in the movie. I can't uh, wait to get to that scene. That seems <laughs> really like a master class in
0: uh, everything filmmaking, yeah. acting, uh-huh. editing,
1: writing. <laughs> yeah. Um, And so this is great, though. So just to so in the interview that I found, the interviewer asks him, I don't want to spoil their uh, their details, um, but he says, you know, who are these these two guys? What's their story? Uh, And the director's answer is they were two guys that needed to be killed. They had nothing. (laughs) They had nothing to do with the story. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So that's where you're at with this.
0: And especially uh, co- uh, coming from part four, which does have some really pretty well developed characters, especially, mm-hmm. you know, uh, per this series, like mm-hmm. about as developed as you can get. Yeah. Um, now it's just like there are characters. I didn't know their names uh, until I had to look it up. Yeah. Cause I don't think I even set them on on screen. It's like uh, man.
1: What a weird nonsensical movie yeah i mean the whole fucking thing it it's interesting because like okay there are things i want to give them credit for right so here's like here's one thing where i will like acknowledge are those fireworks
0: sorry you caught me mid swallow, yes
1: that's all right happy 13th of july everyone yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah they've been going off for the last 10 minutes um, mm-hmm. so one of the things I want to give them credit for is, okay, they said they, the, the producers did set out to make a slightly different kind of movie. They were like, we are not, we, we want to do something that's not just like the exact same, um, plot as all of, as, as the majority of the other movies, just group of teens goes to Crystal Lake gets murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, they succeed in that they did. This is a different movie. It's fucking weird. Yeah. Mission accomplished in, in that regard. Um, yeah. Uh, and you know what? They switched up the the killer and the motive. And, and you know, they managed to do those things. Um, yeah, I, I got sidetracked. I forget what my, my other point was. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I guess kudos to them for trying something different. Does it work? No. No. <laughs> not, not at all. Uh, yeah. Um,
0: Any other uh, nuggets of of, uh, trivia you want to drop before we take a break?
1: I mean, just like one or two things. I think for anybody who doesn't know, I think it's useful context to understand that there is a lot of stuff that got cut out of this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, This very reminiscent of part two in the sense that like they shot so much more with almost all of these murder scenes mm-hmm. um, and it got cut down quite a bit. Uh, and then additionally, uh, there is a lot of nudity that didn't make the final cut. And yeah,
0: apparently there was like a, a three minute long sex scene. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Maybe it was even longer than that. I think that's uh, correct. That got cut down like 10 seconds mm-hmm yeah i gotta um, see that tape i gotta see that part that cut
1: now that is something i am curious to know if i did not dig deeper to find out if there is an uncut version of this movie
0: i poked around yeah uh, <laughs> uh i couldn't find anything definitive i doubt it okay uh, the, typically like the, these kind of movies just aren't very good they're not good record
1: keepers no no i mean especially uh,
0: I'll, I'll look it up during the break and see if there is one
1: Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Um, Yeah, then other than that, just uh, the cast is, it's a lot of nobodies, Um, Mm -hmm. not to be mean to anybody. We have have a couple real small, short appearances from noteworthy folks who we will talk about as we go through. One Um, that you've been teasing me about since last night. Yeah, not, uh, so I'm, I'm not decided. literally, not literally teasing Eric, but like teasing yeah, yeah, out yeah. the reveal of, I just right. w- I don't want people to think I'm some sort of jerk. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, uh, Tom Savini's gone, we've got new uh, makeup special effects folks, new writers, Harry Manfredini back in the seat for the music mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. But other than that, this is, uh, you know, that's. Uh, I think we've covered most of what we, what we need to to prep people for uh, Friday the Thirteenth, a new beginning. So all right, well, we will have a new
0: beginning when we return from our word from our sponsors. All right, let's take a quick moment of silence, because this is the first movie in the series where we lose our
1: precious recap <laughs> that was that was a oh, sorry moment of silence apologies okay I think that okay, does okay great yeah uh refreshing um I was I was like do they dare do they dare start the <laughs> film
0: it is truly a new beginning <laughs> one, of, one of the most tried and true tropes of the series is no longer yeah. maybe it comes back I don't remember
1: yeah I mean, this opening scene that we have in its own way serves as a very deliberate bridge between the last film and this one. Yes,
0: yes. And so it starts on a dark and stormy night. Uh, We see someone with a yellow rain slicker and a flashlight walking through the woods. Um, And then he emerges onto a cemetery. And We see it's Corey Feldman as Tommy Jarvis. Mm -hmm. He's back, baby. He's got hair. Uh, He's got yeah. Yeah, he's, his hair's all grown back. Uh, he comes to Jason's grave. Jason I like has a handwritten grave. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody's sprung for the yeah. proper headstone. Uh, then he hears men's voices, and he runs and hides. And it's two grave robbers looking to catch a glimpse of Jason's corpse. They pop open the grave, and Jason is in this dream sequence was buried in his hockey mask <laughs> with a machete. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Worms all over. Worms everywhere. Uh, yeah. It's a dream sequence. Now you guys know. Ugh. Yeah. Now you know.
0: But but before uh, Tommy wakes up, Jason kills both of the grave robbers. Body count goes to two. He emerges from his grave. He looks huge
1: in this movie. Sometimes. Uh, I think he does sometimes. And then yeah, other times. sometimes you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I think this is a different stunt guy. If I'm It is. This right? This is this yeah. is not the guy. This is John Hawk, who plays him just in this scene, and then also in a big fall right at the end of the movie. And then the rest of the oh, time okay. the rest of the time he's portrayed by Tom Morga. Hmm.
0: Okay, so that's why he looks different throughout the movie. Yeah. Uh, also it's played by, you know, it's a different person playing the jason sure uh or you know whoever's wearing the hockey mask is this the first it's funny jason's not in this this is the first appearance of the coveralls which is maintained through the rest of the series yeah i think you're right
1: yeah
0: uh yeah so uh he slowly walks up to tommy and tommy's literally shaking uh, Corey Feldman, I'll say, is not doing a great job at scared acting in no, this moment. No, and he's a good actor, so yeah. like he has it in him. Yeah, but he's like his his teeth are like literally chattering.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, this which, isn't a scene that I think they spent a lot of uh, time getting ready to do because one of the things no. one of the things we learned in the documentary about the series is that Corey Feldman was so unavailable because of his Goonies shooting schedule. That they shot this this scene in his backyard. They went to his family's house, and set wow. and set up a rain machine and decorated a set and did this all in the span of about three hours in the backyard of his family home. And that, holy shit! And that is the extent to which Corey Feldman was involved in the shooting of this movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, initially they had they had written him to be in the whole movie. Yeah, but he was busy with Goonies. Mm-hmm. I think he made the wrong choice.
1: <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> when you get a chance to work with a Danny Steinman, you take it. <laughs> uh,
0: so Jason Jason swings the machete down, presumably killing Tommy. But guess what? It's just a dream. We see uh, adult Tommy, teen Tommy. <laughs> yeah. This guy looks. I, I looked it up. He's supposed to be 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he looks. Tw- 26? Like, <laughs> yeah. I should say north of
1: 25. Yeah. Uh, how old is he? Let's see. Um, this was shot in when? When is Probably this? Probably eighty four. This is eighty five. Yeah. So um, nineteen sixty. Twenty four years old. Okay. Yeah. He's
0: already sort. Of, his hair's sort of thinning in the front. Yeah. He's like definitely going bald. <laughs> well, yeah.
1: I mean, he's 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 a type of guy. Not to not to cast these stereotypes, but it's like we see him with his shirt off, and he's you know he's yeah. jacked. Uh, he's ripped. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he strikes me as the type of guy who's probably got a pretty high testosterone level. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, so he doesn't have so much hair on top. And I'm guessing his uh, his nuts are small. <laughs> are, you, are you? Do you think he's juicing? I don't know that he's juicing, but I mean, he's shredded and it's the 80s. So it's not the wildest theory. Yeah, he is shredded. I, yeah.
0: I made a note of that. Um, so he's he's in the back seat of a car, uh, and it outside. It, it's uh, labeled as the Unger Institute of Mental Health. Mm-hmm. So he's being transported from the mental institution to where? We'll find out after the title. <laughs> the title, I love 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 the way these escalate. It's a go like so. Friday the thirteenth yeah. is gold. It turns white. And Jason's mask careens down from the corner of the screen with like a rocket
1: sound, like, yeah. whoosh, whoosh, and smashes into it, exploding it. Yeah, and, uh, and then the, the hockey mask comes forward towards the camera, turns around, and, uh-huh. then, and then the camera goes through one of the eye holes in the hockey mask.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. great stuff. Whoever does the, oh, I would love to see a supercut of just the the like title cards
1: i watched one uh, i watched one today but i stopped halfway through oh really i didn't want to spoil the uh i didn't want to spoil that's, the ones we haven't gotten to yet
0: that's a good call yeah um so we are he arrives at the pinehurst youth development center mm-hmm. uh so i guess that's sort of a halfway house uh
1: for yeah. troubled
0: teens i think that's
1: i mean at least in in sh- Right, in shorthand, in the synopses and plot descriptions, yeah, people just sort of say halfway house. But it's funny because it's not... Usually you think of a halfway house as being for, uh, you know, people coming out of the prison system or dealing with Uh drug addiction. Uh, This one seems to have quite a few people who are struggling with mental illness of various sorts. Mental issues.
0: And then also some people who seem completely... Average, you know, it's yeah, it's real confusing. Or they're just Um,
1: nymphomaniacs.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, So, and I I wrote, this must be on one of those famous New Jersey orange groves, because (laughs) it's in the middle of an orange grove. It clearly is California. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I wonder. Uh, I hope they go back. I'm sure they must. But well,
0: Jason does take Manhattan.
1: That's a good point. So
0: he goes, to, he goes back to Jersey at some point, I yeah. assume, uh-huh. um, which actually was shot in Toronto. So no, <laughs> this, maybe it doesn't. I mean, at least, uh,
1: yeah, at least that's isn't Toronto's East Coast, right? Or it is. Roughly? yeah.
0: Unless it was actually Vancouver. I don't remember. I, have to look okay. it up. I know it's somewhere in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we meet Pam Roberts, the assistant director. Uh, Tommy is just silent to everybody. They keep trying to talk to him and he's not giving them anything. Yeah. Uh, she leads him to meet Matthew, the like director there, um, and he explains there are no guards here. He's his own boss. He just has to get ready to reemerge into society. Mm-hmm. Now,
1: um, did you recognize Matthew immediately, like I did? I did not. No.
0: Okay. You you see you have, you have a real eye for yeah these people. Okay, so
1: Matthew. What do I
0: mean by these people? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean B movie actors. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So, Matthew, and I'm sure there's a, a solid handful of people at home who who copped this right away. This is the proto-Indiana Jones from the uh, opening sequence to uh, The Last Crusade. Uh,
0: oh, wow. Yeah,
1: so his, his his name in the movie, I believe, is just the Fedora or Fedora. Um, but, uh-huh. but you know who I'm talking about. He's the guy. Yeah. yeah. So he's the leader yeah, like of, young.
0: You oh. mm-hmm. I remember like young Indy is like watching him do stuff.
1: Yes. Yeah. And yeah. and he, he basically he young Indy is going head to head with his crew over this cross. Um, and and then at the end, you know, Indy loses and the guy's like, hey, you lost today, but you don't have to. That doesn't mean you have to like it. And then he yeah. g- and then he gives him his fedora, which turns out is Indiana's right, signature. Right, fedora. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh,
0: which what was your favorite or most watched of the Indiana Jones movie? Because I feel like I'm an outlier for some reason. Temple of Doom was like the big
1: Indiana Jones movie in my house. I think this is uh this is an issue of age and timing. Because to answer your question, uh, those are two different movies. My most watched is the same. It is Temple of Doom, um, yeah. but like Raiders is definitely my favorite now. Yes, yes, um, yes and last
0: crusade we saw quite a bit too
1: yeah i watched last crusade a lot but temple of doom was the newer one when i was a kid and was rent renting and i remember renting temple of doom i think there were like there was like a rotation of like three movies that i rented um because that's the way kids are and yeah i probably forced my parents like the idea that we we didn't buy a vhs copy of temple of doom is insane because i'm positive (laughs) we rented it 20 times you know yeah 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 what was the other two i thought you were gonna well no i was just saying that uh I I'm the same as you that I've seen Temple of Doom probably more than any of them, but it's oh my- I mean
0: like what was the other two of like your three in heavy rotation?
1: Oh, um, Back to the Future, um, yeah, same, and then Ghostbusters, so, yeah, same, yeah, yeah, just like the exactly. most the most basic like early eighties baby <laughs> ever, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so uh, he, they explain that he's been through such a trauma, he's been traumatized by his ordeal, so. He's been given every treatment in the book, and his brain is completely fried. So that explains why he's so quiet. Uh, back in his room, Tommy looks at a picture of his mom and Trish and Gordon. And he also has a buck knife in his bag, which I think they should have searched for. I don't know. I mean, maybe <laughs> it's allowed at a, at a halfway house yeah. for teens. but Well, they're not going to
1: tell, tell him what to do. That's true. Yeah.
0: That's true. He opens his closet. And I don't know how long the, uh, Reggie the Reckless was in there, but he is comes face-to-face face with a spider puppet. And it scares the shit out of him. And then, yeah, Reggie the Reckless emerges, like a young African-American kid. Um, and he's, he's like, man, you're one scaredy-cat. No spider would scare me. And then Tommy comes back and pulls out his alien
1: mask and scares the fuck out of Reggie. <laughs> yeah. And am I wrong for thinking that this is not... This is a lower quality version of the same mask that we see in the last I movie? was
0: wondering that. I wonder if maybe it was just aged. You know, mm-hmm. like
1: latex kind of like degrades over time. Sure. It
0: didn't look as cool,
1: though. I, right. I agree. I mean, I also feel like in this one, one of the, the culprit may be... That in this one, he's clearly just has it on his head and pulls it off in the same shot. And, uh-huh. and I have a suspicion that in its appearance in part four, if it is the same mask, that it had been professionally applied and glued on uh, yeah. because it isn't taken off in the same shot. So
0: I, I get, Yeah, you're probably right. I guess my uh, my thinking is that if they were going to go through the hassle of recreating a mask mm-hmm. from the fourth movie that's just a level of detail that i just don't think they had you're probably like they right. not really <laughs> concerned with so they probably just had it and used it but yeah. i don't know who knows all right um so he has his bag full of masks still which doesn't really come up again um so reggie explains that his grandfather works at the hospital he doesn't actually like he's not one of the
1: kids who lives there right. i'm not i'm not crazy
0: yeah, he calls him, so, so you're the new nut, huh? <laughs> um, the police pull up, the sheriff talks to Matt, <laughs> the neighbors oh, God. Uh, who who live next to this halfway house, they're not too psyched uh, that they, they're even there, but they're especially not psyched because two teens got caught fucking on their property. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
1: so this, yeah. this is our introduction to... Okay, so is it Ethel or... Is it, Ethel it Ethel and then her son Junior Junior yes and they're... who's played by not Randy Quaid right um, <laughs> and they are absolutely insufferable uh,
0: they are the craziest so okay one of my notes and one of my observations was they're next to a place where people legit have mental issues mm-hmm. and they're the craziest fucking people in the
1: movie oh yeah 100% <laughs> they're Uh, like
0: insane
1: yeah and i'll say that like over the course of the movie ethel has a handful of lines that i laughed at because they were so nuts Um, yes yes but junior is just obnoxious every every second he's on screen
0: i hated junior with a fiery passion yeah he's the worst yeah Um, So, yes, Ethel and I wrote her husband, but it's actually her son, drive up on a dirt bike. Jesus, they're acting big. Um, She's pissed because the kids are screwing in their yard and threatens to blow their brains out. (laughs) Then, man, one series of hits, like one hit after another, we meet, quote unquote, the fat guy. And we know he's fat because he's chomping on a candy bar with chocolate all over his face. Yeah, wow, subtlety abounds. Cause, <laughs> exactly, because you know, fat people just can't stop eating. That's right. why they're fat. Oh, it drove me nuts. So <laughs> his name is Joey. I guess he's supposed to be slow, mm. ment- mentally slow. Uh, but everybody else is so dumb that right. it doesn't
1: like it doesn't really read. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to uh do you want to talk a little bit about Joey for a second?
0: Yeah, please.
1: Okay, so we're gonna delve into some classic kill streak, really fun uplifting information about cast members here. Uh, oh, are you ready? Yeah. Buckle up, Buttercup. <laughs> so Joey, portrayed by Dominic Brascia. Um, and uh so this gentleman, uh I did a lot of research because once you start looking at this, it's a real rabbit hole to fall down. So here are some... I'm just going to say these are three pieces of information about Dominic Brascia. One, he was apparently a friend of Corey Feldman's uh, at okay. this point in time and was someone that Corey uh, at least once asked to have brought onto the set of a movie, helped him get some roles... Um, Two, Dominic Brascia later goes on to become a Fox News radio personality. Uh, Really? Yes, in the late aughts and early teens. Um, Three, Dominic Brascia is now dead. He passed away two years ago. Oh, no, really? Yeah. Don't hold, hold hold your sorrow. Four, and perhaps most interestingly, Dominic Brascia is the only publicly named accused rapist of Corey Haim. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, there, there's obviously, for people who don't know, Corey Feldman in recent years has also pointed a finger at Charlie Sheen. Yes. Yeah. Um, that is one that was never confirmed by either Corey Haim or now Apparently, there's a lot of messy stuff with Corey Haim's mother, since Corey Haim has passed away, who sort of is the de facto mouthpiece for all matters, uh, Corey Haim mm-hmm. uh, childhood abuse. But the one accusal that that he did make while he was still alive was this guy.
0: Holy shit.
1: Yeah. So, and that's something that Corey Feldman has backed up, but also now things are complicated because Corey Feldman and Corey Haim's mother kind of go at it in the press, even though they used to be close. Because, and then there's all sorts of leaking of emails and stuff, and it's like kind of a he said, she said thing. Um, But certainly, one thing that we can all feel pretty confident in is that both Corey Feldman and Corey Haim almost certainly were assaulted by. People in Hollywood, uh, yes, yes. as 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 boys, and yeah. Jesus so Christ, there's and so this this gentleman Joey uh, is an accused child molester and rapist. So there you go. Well, wow.
0: well, fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> then in that case, he gets what he deserves because he tries to help Violet and Robin with the uh, laundry and gets his f- little chocolatey fingers all over him Yeah. Uh, and then he goes to Vic, Vic. who's a, a punk guy splitting, splitting a log with an axe. Uh. Um, Joey explains to Vic that yeah, before I came here, I never had anything to do being an orphan and all. People always tease me about sitting around like some kind of pig or something. But here it's different. I can help others and do a lot of things. I really love it here. That was verbatim. Wow. I wrote yeah. it down uh before you tell me who Vic is which is the person you've been you've been uh teasing me about uh-huh. bullying me about uh Vic then screams and then uh chops Joey up with an axe yeah um, and <laughs> one of the more shocking deaths i can remember yeah. is this...
1: yeah this one is really dark cuz it's there's no psycho killers involved yeah uh, and it happens in broad daylight and you know, it's those those worst kinds of movie deaths for me that are like the horrible, uh, unexpected accidents unfolding. And obviously this uh-huh. isn't an accident, but, you know, to see it happen. And, yeah, until I knew all this stuff about the actor, like, this is a sad scene, certainly, yeah. uh, with the way that Joey is portrayed. Um, but here I will try to counter all of my uh, sad uh, information about Joey with some really, truly wonderful information about Vic. So, do you want to take one last guess at how you, Eric Goslin, know who Vic is, the actor portraying Vic?
0: Uh, when I saw him, the only thing I could think of was Repo Man or Return of the Living Dead. Okay, so
1: he is in one of those movies. Really? Imagine... If Vic, instead of having his short cropped hair, had an enormous black mohawk. Is it
0: is it a uh, suicide?
1: That's right.
0: Su- oh, fuck. Yeah. OK. All right. All right. All right. Wow, yeah. He's playing a punk
1: again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this actor. Um, buh, 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 fuck. I lost his name. I think it's Mark Venturini. I'm going to double yeah, check here. Something like that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so this is Suicide from Return of the Living Dead. So if you guys have been with us since the beginning, uh, you know that this is somebody that we both really liked in the original Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, Mark Venturini uh, also died way too young, gone at at the age of 35, passed away in 1996. Holy shit, 35? Yeah. um, Do you know, does it list why? Well, why don't you uh, continue I'll, with I'll your f- recap, and I'll chime back in, yeah, in a second. Yeah, okay.
0: Tell me. I mean, it's one of those morbid things that's like, I just have to know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean. Isn't
1: that weird about people? Like,
0: like, like, oh, this guy died.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, he died of leukemia.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. Jeez. You're really bringing this podcast? <laughs> yeah. hey, you asked me. <laughs> I, I did ask. I, I asked. <laughs> Uh, So the body counts up to three. Uh, The sheriff comes to arrest Vic. Vic, uh, Joey gets a lot of backstory here. His mother apparently died during childbirth, and he got shuffled around the systems. Uh, This fucking dickhead paramedic who doesn't (laughs) act like a normal human being Uh, pulls back the sheet to reveal his like chopped up body. And everybody, including the teens, rightfully freaks out. Mm-hmm. He's like chomping on bubble gum and calls him a bunch of pussies. <laughs> and then his EMT partner, Roy, glowers at him.
1: Yeah. And Roy is having a a rough time with this scene. Uh, yes, and they he is. And we spend a lot of time watching Roy react.
0: Yes, we do. Uh, so then we meet Pete and Vinny, the two characters that we alluded to earlier, uh, they're just a couple of greasers, and their car is broken down <laughs> next to a cornfield. I think.
1: Yeah. Um, one. <laughs> so the the appearance of these guys led me on a really fun journey of finding out the proper name for what is referred to as a muir cap. Do you know what a muir cap is, Eric? No. So it's M U I R. Um the Muir leather cap. Uh and it is whoever whichever one of these two shitty greasers is sitting in the uh driver's seat. Um so I uh in my limited knowledge had always just thought of this as a gay hat. Um yeah basically okay, I'm looking at it now yeah so it's part of leather um wear and the leather community uh in 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 the gay community right so made famous initially by Marlon Brando, James Dean. Um, but I guess so there's some really interesting stuff that I learned. So in the late fifties there was a Finnish artist whose name I'm gonna fuck up, but I'm gonna try. It's Tuco Valio Laksonen, or uh often referred to as Tom of Finland, who drew oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, who a famous artist who drew a lot of uh artwork with big time LGBTQ appeal in the 70s and a lot of his art featured this particular cap which then led to its popularity in the leather community Mm. Um, and here are just a couple interesting things about the cap I thought you might like to know yeah as a rule in the United States the brim of the cap is never to be touched to avoid fingerprints and smudges on the finish of the brim In order to place the cap on properly to to adjust the cap, the wearer must lift it by the sides and make sure the brim sits just above the eyebrow ridge. It is also deemed incorrect to touch another person's wear cap without their permission. And it is a cap that is meant to be passed down from one master to another. And it's it's frowned upon to buy one, although it is not difficult to do so. But the idea is that you're supposed to be given the cap by someone else. Wow! Yeah,
0: I had no idea. Yeah, and the, okay, so that explains a couple of things with these two characters. Uh, one being, one of them is clearly gay, right? <laughs> like uh, Pete, I guess it is. Whoever's fixing the car, yeah, uh, Vinny. Um, but the other guy, Pete. says, like, you better fix it, because these cunts aren't going to wait around all
1: night. (laughs) So we have one gay greaser and one toxically masculine greaser. Yeah, yeah. uh, It's very confusing, and we we, we mentioned this in the beginning, but in case you were wondering, no, we've never seen them before. They have no relation to anyone, and we will never see them again. (laughs) No, no. Uh,
0: So Pete tells Vinny to fix the car by the time he gets back. He has to take a crap. So then he just goes into the cornfield and yeah. takes a shit. Uh, and also I wrote, everybody hates each other in
1: this movie. Yeah, yeah. And it's not good. It doesn't help the movie.
0: Uh, so Pete goes into the woods to plop some brown softies. Oh my God. Uh, he gets scared what's, by what's a rabbit. What's wrong with you? <laughs> what do you mean? I'm just trying to be descriptive here. <laughs> it's possible that some of these people haven't seen the movie. All right. Fair enough. Um, and you, you got to hear about those brown softies just plopping on the ground. Um, he <laughs> gets scared by a rabbit. Uh, somebody lights a flare and approaches Vinny, who's fixing the car, and they stuff the flare right into his mouth. It kind of lights up his cheeks. Yeah. Uh, body counts four. peekums comes back from his shit. Uh, he's... He kind of sings this funny song. Just a little scatting like,
1: and bebopping. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> you fucked up again, asshole. You didn't <laughs> fix a car in time. Or
1: something. or like it's, it's fun. I liked it. Yeah.
0: And then somebody grabs his head and slits his throat with a machete. It's really lame looking. Yeah, it looks terrible. Uh, Body counts five. Tommy is sweating in his bed, hearing himself as a kid, yelling die as he's chopping up Jason. Uh, and he's shirtless and totally shredded.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. His neck's a little thick, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, does, I mean, the guy clearly takes good care of himself and still does. He looked pretty good in that documentary.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, this is, I don't want to, I don't want to generalize too broadly here and I'm not trying to indict, uh, any of our listeners who are devout followers of the Christian faith. I, as long as you preach, uh, you know, love, happiness, acceptance, then then I'm all about that. Uh, but this guy, as far as I can tell, is like the fifth straight cast member in a row that like just all of these good looking white dudes in these movies who were actors in the 80s yeah. are all by the 2000s, the mid 2000s. They're just doing like Christian movies.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. It's crazy. Well, I- I bet they're all sober now because I read that there was like just rampant drug use during this movie. Yeah,
1: yeah. There aren't a lot of good stories, but there are a lot of people who are just like, yeah, there was a lot of drugs on this set. You yeah,
0: know? so they're probably all like sober and born again. Now. Yeah,
1: you're probably right. I hadn't really considered that, and that could be the uh, the the sort of linchpin to all of this.
0: Uh, so he halluc- hallucinates and sees Jason behind him in the mirror. Then we cut to breakfast time. Reggie and his grandfather are serving breakfast. It's cute. His grandfather like clearly loves Reggie. I like, I like the two of them. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Violet is the goth. There's some dude with a stutter who we later found out. I found out his name, Jake. <laughs> Robin, the redhead girl. Yeah. And then some guy
1: named Eddie is upstairs who's one of the sex freaks. Yeah, Eddie's, Eddie's the nympho. Or I guess satiriasis and men. <laughs> <laughs> <What the fuck? laughs> satiriasis? Yeah. Wow. That's a line from the Big Lebowski. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Julie, I've,
0: I've established on this show that I don't remember
1: quotes from movies. Yeah, Ma- Maude Lebowski is talking about her, uh, you know, stepmother Bunny. Uh huh. Oh, Bunny. Yeah, yeah. nympho nymphomania, satiriasis, and men. So. <laughs>
0: Uh so they tell Tommy to go get Eddie upstairs but then Eddie pops out with a mask and scares him and Tommy flies off the fucking handle. Yeah. Gets beats a shit out of him and body slams him into like an end table. Yeah.
1: Tommy's got some moves and we get to see these moves a couple times and they really get you thinking, "Oh man, if there's ever a confrontation with Jason, He's gonna. Tommy's gonna be a badass. Yeah, he's gonna bust out some of these moves. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be such yeah. a great fight. <laughs> uh, so then we
0: cut to Ethel chopping off a chicken's head. <laughs> she calls her son a
1: dildo. She says, "Tells him
0: to." Yeah, say it. No, 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 I didn't write it down. So
1: if you have, if you have it, go for they're, it. They're just fucking, you know, bantering back and forth. And she goes, "You big dildo, eat your fucking slop." Yeah. <laughs> Um that's these these characters
0: are out of control and they're filthy they look disgusting they're screaming the entire time Totally It's like a John Waters like an early John yeah, Waters movie
1: Absolutely
0: totally from a completely different film It's so it's insane uh and then a dirty man named Raymond shows up but he's no dirtier than they are Yeah
1: and he's kind of like he looks like a western actor. Yeah, yeah, he does. And then Ethel's calls him the ugliest man she's ever seen. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I was like <laughs> What the fuck? You're like Sam Elliott or something. Yeah, it's like what are you talking about? This
0: is insane. Yeah. Uh so he says he hasn't eaten in 2 days mm-hmm. and she says if he cleans the shit out of the chicken coop, she'll fill his stomach. Right. Yes, ma'am.
1: Yeah, and I, I wrote down a note that was like, these these two are going to fuck, right? There's got to be some kind of...
0: They're setting it up, right? Yeah,
1: there's got to be some kind of future interaction and character development between this drifter and Ethel and her son, and I'm sure we yeah. will follow that plot later on in the film.
0: Exactly, yeah. yeah. My thought, too. I also wrote, no one makes sense in this movie. Uh, so then the sheriffs are investigating the murder scene of Pete and Vinny. Roy is there. And I wrote, "Why are we spending so much camera time on Roy?" There's just these long shots of Roy just kind of staring. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> no reason. This scene was, this next scene was oh, fucking incredible. Uh, we're at a diner. This guy uh. Billy pulls up in his like <laughs> his like muscle car to uh, pick so, up his girlfriend, yeah. the waitress Lana.
1: Yeah, Billy is the ambulance driver from the very beginning. Okay,
0: um, and that makes
1: sense, because I didn't really, re- couldn't play some. The actor looks so familiar to me, but I looked him up left and right, and I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else, but he just, he's got, he's got one of those faces. He does. Ex- explain him a little bit, because he's an interesting looking guy. <laughs> <to be. laughs> sure. Um, well, he appears to be a gentleman of Italian heritage. Uh-huh. Um, he has, uh, like, a very strong mustache. Uh, yep. Thinning hair on top, uh, balding uh, a little bit. He's got a bald spot. He oozes confidence. Yeah. Yes. But he. Exactly. But he also has kind of like a sliminess akin to our mortician from the from the previous film. I think. Yeah, Axel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, good good call. And and uh, perhaps most importantly, he has. Uh, a penchant for uh, the old rowdy powder. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll get to that because I wrote yeah. down what he says. Okay.
0: Uh, okay. So he goes to pick up Lana, and uh, as she pops out, he's like, "I'll take Lana with nothing on."
1: Oh, you know what? I'm looking uh, at his face. He also kind of looks like, uh, like if a uh, one of Santa Claus's elves had too much testosterone. <laughs> He has big ears uh, and sort of like small features, <laughs> <laughs> but he's very masculine.
0: <laughs> so she goes into the bathroom to get ready, uh, and she oh fuck, I don't write, I don't remember the quote. But apparently, she did this. This was yeah. an improv on her it's, point. It's,
1: it's she it's flashes a sh- giant. Yeah, she says that? it's showtime. She took it. That's right. She, says, she took it from the cabaret. It's a Roy uh, Scheider okay. line. Uh, yeah. All, that, All That Jazz. Uh, oh, yeah. All That Jazz, which is about cabaret, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: And she just, like, flashes her boobs in the mirror. That was some big That was looks. her idea. She's like, hey, could I do this? And, of course, whatever the director's name yeah. is, like, yeah, of course you yeah. can do that. This yeah. is the kind of movie I'm making.
1: Except he probably went,
0: yeah, yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Billy looks cool. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Uh, he's Yeah, I like his style. He's like wearing chinos, a striped shirt, and like, he's got a denim jacket. It's a
1: nice denim jacket. I'll say that. It is. Yeah, He's wearing like and a, he like, a hamburger shirt. I think you have a yeah. shirt. You, you know what? He's dressed like you.
0: He's dressed exactly <laughs> like me. And that's why I think he has good style. <laughs> oh, Great. Uh, so he starts doing coke in his car, and he says, Cloudy in the mountains, sunny in the valleys, snow flurries up your nose. <laughs>
1: He is—he's a blast. I have a lot of fun with his brief appearance.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, so, I, I so many times during this movie because I've been watching these with Jess mm-hmm. and I, I've just had to be like, like especially during that scene, I was like, okay, okay, hold on. And I had to like pause the movie <laughs> and write down, it, like <laughs> rewind it over and over again. Uh, so Lana's getting all tarted up and she uh-huh. hears a crash, and uh. She goes out to check investigate and a cat jumps out and scares her. Yeah. A cat in a diner. <laughs> and then I I made note this is in the series, this is the second cat jump scare. Because that's something we were curious about. Okay. That's less than I would two. have
1: expected across five yeah. movies. Yeah.
0: Unless I miss something, but I don't think there's any cats. Yeah. Um. So Billy's getting impatient, he's honking the horn. And then suddenly somebody plunges an axe into the back of his head Uh, Lana gets in the car she sees his coke and she's like you're gonna waste a lot of money this way smarty oh well it just means more for me and then Jason axes her in the stomach body count goes up to seven
1: yeah right about here is where I made my note that this movie is really full of like lame off screen kills yes it is it uh, is. And, and a-
0: apparently they had a lot of issues with the MPAA yeah. about this movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the one thing that they, the MPAA didn't have an issue with was the nudity, except for the three minute long sex. Right. In. Right. Um, Yeah. I would love to see like an uncut. I, I, I meant to look it up. Sorry. I didn't look it up uh, during the break, but oh, yeah, I would love to see an uncut version of this. Uh, So Billy sees Jason out of his window um, and then we cut to the this like the mayor chewing out the sheriff uh, about like hey, you gotta get this guy whoever's responsible to this, and Sheriff Tucker claims like he, I know who it is it's Jason Voorhees, the mayor's like you out of your fucking mind his body was cremated, everybody's chewing scenery
1: it's like a his weird body was it's like a weird Jaws scene,
0: yeah <laughs> exactly and I I just watched Jaws mm-hmm. last Saturday too so I was like. Yes, it is completely. Um, Everybody's chewing the scenery, and okay, so he just said Jason's body was cremated, Mm. right? Yeah. And in part six, he's reanimated by getting struck by lightning in his grave or something like that. Spoiler
1: alert, Jesus.
0: Yeah, Mm. I know. Sorry. So (laughs) get why can't anybody in this fucking movie series just get the Continuity straight. <laughs> I know it's like probably Cigar. Like, right, we're done with Jason. It's going to be Tommy right. now. Yeah. But. Oh God, it drives me nuts. Understandable. Uh, so then we meet. We see the two horny kids, uh, Tina and Eddie. Tina, do you want to let the, the listeners know what her name is? Yeah. Is written down?
1: I do. Uh, she goes by two names at times. Sometimes Deborah, sometimes Debbie Sue. But her last name consistently, Voorhees. Yeah. And I. it sounds like that may have helped her get, at the very least, an audition. Well, uh,
0: I can think of two reasons why she got <laughs> the part.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was going uh, say, uh,
0: the part that almost went to Gina Gershon.
1: Yeah, uh, like a very new, young, unknown Gina Gershon. And I believe there were three women in the running for this part. And the third... Uh, is an actress who goes on to have a role in the next Friday the 13th film um, and also ended up dating her uh, would-have-been co-star, the guy who plays Eddie here. Um, Uh, So I gotta get this out of the way. She
0: is a stone-cold fox. I wrote, holy shit,
1: right up my alley. (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, I mean, not shocking. So Deborah Voorhees, amongst other credits, had... I don't know if she was simply a model or a centerfold, but did appear in Playboy magazine Uh um, and also was employed at the Playboy Club in Dallas for a number of years. Um, Didn't have too much of a career as an actor, but uh, actually became a writer, and she's written and directed some independent stuff in the last 10 years, so that's kind of cool. And sadly, I heard that she lost her
0: job teaching. Really, because students found this movie, or uh, found like other nude scenes she had done, uh, and because of that, she lost her job. When in an interview I read with her, why was I looking at? Why was I looking more stuff up about her? Jeez, who knows? Uh, yeah, she's, she said that like teaching is like her real passion, and uh, she lost her job over it. and She doesn't regret doing doing it because she doesn't believe in regrets. But sure. I think that's a real, real shitty thing that that happened to her.
1: I think that's shitty too.
0: Uh, so they sneak off to fuck. And, a pair, oh, yeah, yeah, I just covered that. Uh, they smoke weed and get to work on a sheet. And somebody's watching through the trees. Yeah. It is fucking Raymond, the hungry guy who showed up at the Hicks house. Yeah. And then, oh, shit, he's just stabbed in the gut. And he's dead.
1: That's it. And he's dead. There's, <sighs> that's the end of Raymond. I think he had two lines. That's it. Yeah, this movie is not taking much time to develop. Any of these characters? No. Yeah. So uh, they finish up um, really fast. He's... This is the scene that got yeah. drastically cut down.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, release, release the Steinman cut or whatever the
1: guy's name is. <laughs> oh, God, Steinman? What's it? Stein. <laughs> no, you got it, Steinman. That's right. Oh, sweet. Uh,
0: so she he goes to wash up which <laughs> i thought was funny he's like i got to go wash up yeah he go- <laughs> i guess just like
1: rinse off his dangling in yeah, the like, creek in the creek and then <laughs> and then he goes for a classic post coital whip a single rock into the creek like it's yeah. just
0: <laughs> and she she kind of like lays back and is admiring
1: uh-huh. the treetops and letting and the treetops like- admire her her breasts
0: yes yeah well endowed uh, she does a lot of poised coital cooing.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Ooh. And then suddenly somebody jams a pair of gardening shears into her. And uh, we don't really see what happens but it, the sound is kind of enough. Yeah. Like because it gets plunged in and then it's like there's like a resistance and then snaps as it right. closes. Hmm. Um, Which is funny because I just watched the burning and like the primary weapon in the burning is gardening shears. Interesting. And the burning is like kind of just a rip off of Friday the 13th. Right. But at least
1: you have Savini effects in that one, right?
0: Yeah. And they are pretty good. Yeah. They
1: are pretty good. Um,
0: so then Eddie finds her, her eyes are cut out. He backs up against a tree, like in shock. And so- someone wraps a leather strap around his eyes and tightens it until presumably his skull's crushed. Uh, and apparently this scene was one of the bargaining chips to get more nudity into the movie. Yeah,
1: they cut this down significantly. And as a result, it just sort of feels like a lot of nothing.
0: Yeah, but it is a terrifying idea. Like just somebody tying
1: yeah. a leather strap until it crushes your head. Oh, yeah, I think That's it's pretty... a, it's a good idea. And I bet the original version was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, so George and Reggie are, are loading up a truck. um, Pam and Matt are worried about Eddie and Tina. Cause they've been missing. And then Matt suggests a to Tommy who is an adult to go along with <laughs> Reggie, who is a child to meet Reggie's brother in town. Um, it's weird. Yeah. Like overly intense music plays as Pam drives Reggie and Tommy to the trailer park to see Reggie's brother. um, and Reggie's brother, who lives in a van and is named Demon, <laughs> is Miguel Nunez Jr.
1: Yeah. Who do we know him from? We also from Return of the Living Dead. And uh, Juana Man. And Juana Man, that's right. Um, yeah, so I, I wonder I wonder if Mark Vanturini and Miguel Nunez Jr. ever cross paths on the set of this one.
0: Yeah, probably not. But yeah, maybe. Um, maybe it was a similar casting director or something. I don't remember. Mm. Uh, I didn't pay attention in the credits. Yeah. But yeah, he is really good in this movie. Like, I think I just like him. He has charisma. Yeah. Even though his part is dumb and like, his his lines are dumb. Like he sells them in a fun way. Hmm. Um, and so. <laughs> Reggie like peeks his head into the van he's like, "Where'd you get that?" And it's <laughs> Reggie's girlfriend Anita. Hmm. Uh, it's kind of funny. Um, and then Pam comes up and Reggie introduces Pam as her girlfriend <laughs> as <laughs> Reg- his girlfriend. Yeah, Reggie's fun. Yeah, Reggie's fun. Um, so <sighs> Tommy is like getting hypnotized by the flashing trailer park neon sign. And then suddenly Junior pulls up to him on his dirt bike and, like, is going to hit him, like, pretends like he's going to hit him. Yeah. And freaks Tommy out. And then, so, okay, this is, I wrote down what he said. This is what uh, Junior says, like, I got you, didn't I? really scared you, didn't I? You're from the loony bin. My mom is going to chop you up in itty bitty pieces. You hearing me? And then Junior, like, starts, like, pushing him, and mm-hmm. Tommy, like, attacks him uh, and he's acting way crazier than any of the people in the quote unquote loony bin. And that's like my overall problem with this movie is everybody's acting crazy Mm -hmm. and like crazy doesn't show up on crazy.
1: No. Yeah. Um, It all just blurs together. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Uh, Pam breaks it off and then Tommy runs off in a huff. Oh oh my God. This is great. Deem, demon, demon veggie's brother suddenly has to take a shit
1: he's really get, bad he's gotten hit pretty hard by the enchiladas that he's been yeah. munching on uh which is this is you know it's a little you know a little racist but yeah uh he empties his churning bowels
0: into a gross outhouse and somebody starts shaking it uh, we think it's gonna be the killer, but mm-hmm. no, it's Anita. And this. Anita's like not giving him any privacy. No, and she's like talking like, "Oh, you sh- you shitting in there?" Or something. Like, I don't. I didn't write down what she said, but it's like, "What the fuck is happening?" When and they then s- they start singing to each sing. other. <laughs> it's really sweet. <laughs> it's just, like, he's he has like his enchilada shits. Yeah, and he's still sitting there. And she's outside, and they're like, ooh, baby. Like, back and forth to each other. It's
1: really nice. What the fuck is this movie? This movie makes no sense. It is all over the place. Uh, And, you know, I think... I just want to say this right now while we're talking about it. It's like, because it veers all over the road so much, sort of in that, like, broken clock sense, like, there are various times when it hits on stuff that I'm like... Oh, sure, yeah. If you just, like, picked this tone... And stayed here for the whole movie. It would be much more entertaining. But instead, it's just like so scattershot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so she suddenly stops singing, and uh,
0: we know something must be wrong because the outhouse starts shaking again. And then he flips. He like flips on a dime. He's like, "I told you that wasn't funny. Now you're gonna get it, bitch."
1: Yeah. Uh, Why is he
0: calling her a bitch and threatening her? Like we just had this like sweet moment while he's shitting his brains out. Yeah. Uh, he opens he barely wipes his ass by the way opens a door <laughs> and her throat's cut um, and then someone starts punching a long sharpened post through like the corrugated steel siding and it punches through his leg it looks cool yeah that's good and finally impales him body count's up to 11 it's full on panic mode at the institute because Tina and Eddie aren't back uh, Pam puts Jake in charge, and I wrote, Who the fuck is Jake? <laughs> <laughs> he's the one with a stutter, I guess. Yeah. That's Jake's the defining. one with a
1: stutter, and he's in love with uh, Robin. Robin, which we know because we've never had either of them in a conversation at any point up until now. Right. Uh, but it's just like these are these are more or less two background actors for the first two thirds of the movie. And then we get one scene where they're like, oh, yeah, you're invested in this, right? This love story. And it's like, I'd like to be. I wish I could say that I was. But yeah, it's
0: just, okay. but I don't know anything about these people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so then Junior comes ripping home on his dirt bike, and he's screaming, he hurt me, ma. Uh, everyone's screaming, Um finally oh, oh yeah he's just like ripping around his house his trailer whatever shack yeah. and they're doing like a
1: like a pov shot right it's like yeah. Is, is that right that the that it's like you you you're driving around the house in the motorcycle it's kind of it's like a little disorienting
0: yeah and then like it goes like like the camera's also mounted on his handlebars yeah. and he's just screaming And then finally someone decapitates him with a meat cleaver cleaver.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: And uh, apparently the MPAA said that his head could only
1: bounce once.
0: (laughs) It's like fucking ass. And I know the the fuck
1: cares. Uh, The MPAA is stupid. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just had yeah. to, I had to say it. I know it's it's a hot Didn't take. You, doesn't your ex roommate live uh, work there? He does, but you know he doesn't. You know he works in you know public polling and data and shit like that. Uh, you know yeah. he does a lot of spreadsheets. He's not he's not one of the people saying, oh, you can't. Show, oh, sure, you yeah. can't show that nipple. So you know
0: you can't show a woman a, a yeah. guy going down on a woman, right? Or else it's an ex.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh. All right, so
0: then somebody... The killer busts to the window and chops Ethel in the head with a cleaver. Body count goes up to 13. Thank God these two guys are out of the movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, The truck Pam's in breaks down because, you know, that's what happens. And she gets out and starts walking. Jake, back at the Institute, or uh, Jake and Robin are watching a movie. And he hits on her and she turns him down. Uh, and he says... He wants to make love to her. She just starts laughing in his face. <laughs> Jeez, it's rough. It's pissed off. Yeah, it's rough. She gets. He gets pissed and walks off. It starts thundering and lightning, as most
1: of the time these movies do. Oh yeah, I do want to say well, you, just because you mentioned that, the rain really looks like shit in this movie. It's like oh, yeah. it's constantly like going horizontally at the windows. Like in the outdoor scenes, it looks fine, but like. Anytime they're inside, it just looks like someone's spraying a hose against a window. Against a window. <laughs> uh,
0: so then Violet's up in her room listening to ridiculous music library music. It's not... She eventually listens to a good song, but like before, when, when uh, Jake's going up the stairs, it's clearly just like, mm-hmm. oh, this is free. Yeah. We own the library. Go ahead. Uh, Jake is suddenly chopped in the head with a cleaver... Robin goes to her room gets naked uh, and then a power move because she gets she goes to bed topless in a presumably shared room
1: <laughs> yeah it's a bunk bed
0: <laughs> yeah uh and oh no Jake's next to her in bed all dead uh someone who could it be shoves a machete up through the bunk and kills her body counts 15 Classic I'm sure you had dab through yeah exactly yeah Mike has not. Hiding his disdain for the stab-through-an-object uh, death that's become quite popular in this series. They
1: used to be fun, and they used to be a little yeah. creative, and I think they just done it to death. No pun intended.
0: Uh, so Violet's dancing in a room to a song called His Eyes by Pseudo Echo, and I, I had to look it up because I liked it. Yeah. Uh, and apparently she actually picked
1: it for the scene. I mean, it's fun dancing, too. <laughs> she definitely knows. She's doing sort of this mime slash pop and lock kind of thing and yeah yeah it's fun and again it's like this is like a brief moment of 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 character from a better movie or a movie that cares more about its about its characters
0: because it's specific yeah and she's specific like she specifically picked this song because she liked it Mm -hmm. and if she hadn't done that it would just be more shitty music library music and it wouldn't be as cool as it is yeah you're right um, and so, uh, I wrote someone who couldn't possibly be Tommy. Sorry. I <laughs> got my face now. You idiots. E- enters the room with his blood spattered machete, grabs her by the throat stabs her through the stomach. Body count 16. Do you know where she was supposed to be chopped originally? No. Through her vagina. Through her vagina. Vagina. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well wait hold on okay first I just I want everybody to just sit in that what just happened with you um, <laughs> and then why why would anybody think that was a good idea
0: I don't know but luckily they didn't do it yeah. uh, or at least if they did do it they cut it and yeah. did this more tame thing yeah that's uh, that's pretty rough stuff yeah. uh, Reggie wakes up on the couch I like his red sweatsuit yeah, I might he steal looked... that from him. Not literally.
1: <laughs> yeah, you could pull off a red sweatsuit. You'd kind of look. I think, I so. think you'd just look like Ben Stiller in the Royal Tenenbaums. Bombs.
0: Yeah, that's true. I've always wanted to have a tracksuit like yeah. like that, but I was af- I'm afraid I'll just like look like James Gandolfini
1: or something. <laughs> hey, there's worse <laughs> things to look like than James. That's Gandolfini. true. That's true. I sound like James Gandolfini when I breathe into a microphone. So. <laughs>
0: Um, uh, he checks if Tommy's back. I don't understand why he cares. His, their relationship is not at all earned. Mm-hmm. Um, then he opens Tommy's door, and every dead body's in there,
1: <laughs> all piled on the bed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pam grabs him, and she's acting like a total weirdo. So maybe I think they're trying to cast some doubt like maybe Pam yeah. could be the killer. Um, and then so, uh, uh, I'm yeah. I'm guessing she was just directed to act like that.
1: Yeah, she kind of comes and running out. She goes into, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Uh, so she grabs Reggie and run, and they run out. Reggie trips. Jason, quote unquote, busts through the door, and they run through the woods in the rain. A welcome return of that. It's a lot of uh, it, they, there's
1: a lot of chicken with a head cut off energy here. It's just like it does feel like a lot of aimless running around and kind of like screaming and waving your hands over your head type of business. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: um Yeah, kind of like in the, the end of part 4 when it's just Trish running back and forth from the hospital. Yeah, house to house. yeah,
1: yeah. Um the other thing, so what what was your next? What's the next thing you were going to say about this scene? Cuz I had something else I wanted to add, but I want to Oh, go for it. Well, you go first cuz I think you're going to touch on the next thing that happens and then
0: Oh, they come upon an ambulance.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so they get to the ambulance after what appears to be a lot of running at, like, a full sprint. And this, I I made a note, felt like the first time that I really recognized that trope of the victims are running full speed and Jason is just walking and Uh he immediately catches up to them.
0: That's funny. I didn't. I didn't catch that. But you're absolutely right.
1: Yeah, and it's fun. Like I always think about it. You know, trying to be too realistic in in trying to reconcile it. And I'm like, how does this work? Do we think that it's just like anytime anybody's watching, he's walking really slow to look cool, and then as soon as the camera cuts away, (laughs) he starts sprinting, (laughs) yeah, to catch up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I always read it as like he knows these woods so well that he like knows the shortcuts. Interesting that's ridiculous there's no way you can do a shortcut on a trail like that
1: Yeah. for me it was always like I thought of it it's like the inverse of when I'm running when I'm in reality I'm mostly just walking and then I'll see like a woman and I'll start running again (laughs) and just try to look like I'm not really that tired and then you know get like (laughs)
0: as soon as she's gone (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Um, so they, they, they come to the ambulance they open the door and the creepy paramedic from the beginning is there and he's dead uh quote-unquote jason pops out reggie full-on screams like a woman (laughs) yeah i mean he's prepubescent it's not he is and also doesn't sound that much different now he is he just has a high voice
1: he does i think he Uh, was always uh yeah he was probably he still sings alto yeah
0: (laughs) um so they get separated and run off into the woods. Reggie's tripping all over the place. <laughs> uh, Pan, Pan finds Mab- Pam finds Matt pinned through the head to a tree. Body yeah. counts 18. Uh, so she goes into a cabin. George, Reggie's grandfather,
1: is just launched through <laughs> the window dead. Yeah. This is three movies in a row, right? That we get. Uh, yeah. A body thrown through a glass window.
0: Yeah. Uh, Body count's 19. She runs into the rain. Not Jason catches up to her, raises his machete, and suddenly Reggie bursts through the barn on a backhoe, and he rams Not Jason. And, uh, of course,
1: he's not dead. (laughs) He stands, but he does do do, uh, Reggie the favor of just standing there for roughly five seconds, (laughs) waiting to take a hit from a tractor yeah uh, it doesn't bother to move at all no
0: oh he's not dead he grabs reggie's leg and they run into the barn uh not jason is cut up and bleeding uh so he's hurt and i wrote yeah first appearance to coveralls question mark i don't know save. uh cool shot of jason entering the barn with lightning flashing uh, he hears something in like a little shed and opens it, and Pam pops out with a chainsaw, and we get a machete versus chainsaw fight, and it's lame. Um, <laughs> it's lame, yeah. Pam cuts his arm. She's about to deliver the killing blow when the chainsaw runs out of gas. <laughs> Classic. And she throws it at him and runs away. Uh, suddenly, Tommy comes into the barn. And it's about here that I realize I don't remember this movie. <laughs> like I don't remember the ending because it's yeah. like, wait, how can Tommy and Jason be in the same place at the same time? Yeah, he is yeah. Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reggie calls out his name. And Jason turns to Tommy. Reggie and Pam are watching from the loft. Uh, and then Jason slashes him across
1: the yeah. chest. And this is right about the time when I was like, okay, this is going to be that cool climactic showdown. Cause Tommy is a muscled badass who we have seen like whip out some really fast, brutal moves on two different characters, but he just stands there and stares at Jason and lets him walk towards him and then slash him in the chest. Yep. And then he stabs Jason in the leg,
0: um, with his buck knife, Right. finally paying off Chekhov's buck knife. (laughs) Um, Jason pulls the knife from his leg and Tommy climbs up the loft. Uh, Jason's after him. He rolls Tommy over and thinks he's dead and uh, then sees Reggie and goes after him. Pam tries to help, but it's like backed up on the edge of the loft and we see there's a spike bed, just a random bed of spikes. Yeah. Yeah. Convenient. Farming equipment. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Uh, That she could fall on then Reggie jumps and knocks Jason onto the spike. Psych! He's fine. Uh, he's, 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 he's hanging on. Yeah, the old falling over the cliff fake out. Uh, and then he grabs Reggie and tries to pull him off the edge. Tommy wakes up, grabs a machete, chops Jason's fingers. Jason, not Jason, falls onto the spike. And it's revealed... It's Roy the paramedic, but I mean,
1: like, you see his face and no one, nobody knows. I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine half the audience seeing this movie for the first time was able to figure out who the fuck it was.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I thought it was Matt. I wrote down in my notes, "Oh, it's Matt," and then later they say, "Oh, it's Roy." Okay. Yeah. So Um, body counts (laughs) up to nineteen.
1: I want to. I want to toss out a piece of trivia we never touched on before just because um, we're you know we're getting a lot of FaceTime with Jason here so this is the first and only time in the series that the Jason hockey mask has featured these two blue triangles right um, which is supposed to denote that this is a different mask that's being used by not actual Jason um, and what one thing that I thought was like an interesting piece of attention to detail that unfortunately, didn't uh wear off on most of the rest of the movie is that in the in the dream sequences when Tommy is imagining Jason he is wearing the classic hockey mask with the red triangles and oh that is cool and also i believe at least in some of the uh the shots when it's the real Jason there is the big slash in the top of the hockey mask from where uh I don't think it's where he the way he dies. Yeah, cuz he dies Sans mask in part 4, but I want to say in part
0: in part 3.
1: Yeah, in part 3, it's he takes a machete in the head at some point and puts a hole in the mask there. So. Yeah, that's cool. That I didn't notice I didn't pick up on that when I was watching. Yeah. Uh
0: so okay, we're at the hospital. And the sheriff gives us exposition dump where he explains (laughs) that Joey, the kid who was killed by Vic, was Roy's son. And he never admitted it to anyone. And then he saw Joey dead and went nuts. Mm. So there it is. That's the motivation behind the
1: whole movie. This is just like, who fucking cares? Who cares? Yeah, really. I didn't like Joey. No one cared about Joey. No one cared about Roy. Neither of them has spent more than three minutes on screen over the course of the whole movie. Yeah, I don't know. Just from a script perspective, I don't know how anyone ever thought this was going to be a satisfying resolution.
0: Just make it a character we've been following.
1: Yeah. Make it Matt for some reason. Give him a reason, yeah.
0: It's real, real, real bad. Uh, So... Pam checks on Tommy in the hospital and uh, opens a door and oh shit he has a machete and he stabs Pam body count goes up to 20 oh it's a dream body count goes back to 19 Um, he wakes up in a panic Tommy does settles down and there's Jason standing over him forever haunting him and Jason disappears but I guess you could say that the scars he left will never go away (laughs) <laughs> uh, and then Tommy opens the drawer in his hospital room and Jason's mask is there
1: yeah who put that there uh, I mean I guess I thought about this and I was like did he grab it when they were leaving the scene maybe and then it's like "Who maybe. who let him take it keep it that should yeah, be did he
0: go to the hospital okay so did I'm assuming it's the red one. I didn't pay attention. No, it's not. It's the blue one. Oh, it's the the blue one?
1: It's the real mask from this movie.
0: Okay. That makes a little more sense than like he's been hoarding Jason's mask for a movie. Okay. I guess. All right. Uh, So then Pam approaches Tommy's room and she hears a crash and opens a door and the window is bust open. But then Tommy comes up behind her with a knife and... Maybe body count twenty. We don't know. Mm-hmm. He Did, kills her.
1: And I, I apologize, but like, you know, just to go back and reiterate this one more time. Still with these confusing fake out. Like we don't need another dream sequence in the second ending to this movie, and to have no. this whole thing where Tommy sees Jason at the foot of his bed and then wakes up but then proceeds to be evil anyways. It's like, we don't need both of these fucking things. It's just... I know. It's it's really... And... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, finish. No, it. no. I mean, it's just... Uh, yeah, I'm just frustrated with it.
0: I was going to say, and we don't need this movie because we're the, in the same exact point we were at the end of 4.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like they they, they honestly just took the sort of implication, the suggestion of Corey Feldman spiking the camera at the end of four and just tabled it for an entire movie. Right. Right. It should
0: have been Tommy the entire time. Yeah. Tommy should just be Jason in this movie. Yeah. Uh, It's so dumb. Yeah. All right. That's it. So there you go. That's the end of the movie. Uh, The body count, uh, a very high one as far as this series goes. If you count Pam at the end, the body counts 20 at least by my count. Uh, so not a ton to choose from when it comes to favorite character. <laughs> yeah. I know I have one. I almost switched it as we were talking about one of the characters. Okay. But I'm going to go with my original pick, which is Reggie. Okay. The young boy. Uh, I, en- I just enjoyed him. I thought he did. He did a pretty good job acting in the movie. Sure. Uh, it's a fun character. You know, cute little kid.
1: Um, I guess I will go with uh, just as a nice counterpart to your pick of Reggie. I'll say Demon. I think it was fun sure. to it was fun to see Miguel Nunez Jr. He's having more fun and is a more welcome presence than most of the cast. Uh, and there are some off notes during his brief time, but I think for the most part, it's it's a more enjoyable tone than a lot of the rest of the movie.
0: Um. I want to say, I want to give honorable mention to Bill, who at least in our discussion of him really like revealed himself to me as somebody I do enjoy. Uh, but I do think I, Reggie Billy uh, was fun. edges him out. Yeah. Billy yeah, was Billy's pretty good. Was fun.
1: Snow is up your
0: nose. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie is, I don't know, 25 years old, 30 years. Uh, who knows? You mm-hmm. can even do the math. Yeah. Uh, There's some moments, of course, that did not withstand the test of time. Yeah. Mike, do you have a pick for your moments that age the worst?
1: I do. I hope I'm not stealing this from you because I think you covered it well at length. But I think just this fat guy trope uh, with Joey, like the can't stop eating candy bars, chocolate on his face kind of thing is just... Uh, it's pretty insulting. It's very reductive and it's just the kind of thing that I think you saw a lot more of back in the eighties and the Mm nineties. And luckily I think we see less and less of today. Yeah.
0: That's also mine. Uh, it's just like, he's also not smart and it's like, Oh, fat people are dumb and they're lazy Mm -hmm. and they, it's just like, get that trash out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, not a lot to choose from with the best death category. Yeah, there's twenty I I was, of them, but they suck. <laughs> they suck. Yeah, I was racking my brain. Um, man, if you have yours, let me think about mine for a second because ah, there's just really not
1: much. Um, I mean, whew, okay, I I honestly didn't have mine picked out ahead of time, which is uh, we're both uh, you know lacking in our preparation. But I'm I'm right now. Maybe you can help me. I'm just trying to think of how many of these didn't where it didn't happen straight up off screen. You know.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. So um, the decapitation of Junior right. was pretty good because you do see a head hit the ground. Uh-huh. Um, that might be mine. Also, I did enjoy conceptually. The uh, the shears through the eyes, sure. The, the but snap. that's all.
1: But I mean, that one's all off screen. It's off off screen. Yeah, the
0: throat getting slit. Um, in Vinnie's it's throat getting slit. Terrible. It's terrible. The those flare in the mouth isn't really like worth mentioning. Yeah. Yeah. There's just <sighs> there's not a lot. Uh, arguably, the most gruesome death is Vic killing Joey. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's certainly the one that leaves the the biggest impact. I think I might uh, have to go with that. Sure. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad one. I think just to give a shout out to Billy, we'll, we'll have Billy going down with the ax in the back of the head, even though it, it is a split second long, at least we do almost sort of see a weapon make contact with a body.
0: Uh, yeah. Oh, you know, the, uh, Miguel, nunez
1: oh yeah uh, that, that one's pretty that, good. that
0: one was pretty good the, yeah. i like the the like spike through the leg that looked pretty cool
1: yeah that looked better than the actual death um but yeah mm-hmm. the bar is low on this one this is i think this is so quantity over quality in terms of deaths in this movie i'd happily take uh, 10 instead of 20 and actually see some of them
0: yes i agree i agree my friends so, where on the carpenter scale? Let's collab on this one. Okay. I'm uh I'm I'm hovering around uh Escape from LA. Escape from LA. Um it's not scary in the least. Yeah. It is ridiculous. Um That works for me. Up. Yeah, I think so. Let me just quickly Oh no! I'm looking at John Carroll Lynch's.
1: You know, I how about this? In the interest of using a Carpenter film that I don't think we've ever used before, sure, uh, which I think is of a comparable level of scariness to Escape from LA. Um, I'm going to nominate Big Trouble in Little China, which is a fantastic movie, but is not a horror movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's like that's a, that's a. That- the one flaw, I would say, with the yeah. Carpenter scale is you don't want to pick movies you actually like. Yeah. Uh, especially for bad movies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay, I can get behind that. Although the um, the little floating eye guy freaked me out when I was a
1: kid. Yeah. Well, do you think anything in this movie approaches being scary? No. no. Okay. Then let's go with Escape uh, from Ella. I yeah. think the intro, I think the Corey Feldman stuff... Uh, at least, you know, for a Friday the thirteenth movie is somewhat effective. And I think there's something to me that connects about um you know, watching something happen, something horrible, and then realizing that the the villain sees you and is like coming mm-hmm. towards you. And I did like when 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 he's when Jason has finished killing the two dumbass grave robbers and then he like starts to come towards uh Tommy, I was like I got a little chill.
0: Okay. Well, hey, you know, that's that sways me. Let's let's swayzy. Let's uh go with <laughs> big trouble in little China. Okay, great. Uh, um All right. So, we've already said, yeah, this is It's kind of a sticky one of the keepers. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I have high hopes for the next one. I think my rec- my recollection and also some of the general uh, talk around the internet I think I do see 6 pop up on lists of ones that people like so um, and, and I think and I, and also I, I know there's not much <laughs> there's not much smooth sailing left after 6 so hopefully this this will be one one more good one for the uh, for the books yeah
0: I, and I think once we get to I don't know that I've ever seen part 7 I, I don't remember i
1: have once it's weird i know that it's another deviation from the norm so at least there's that uh okay hey so let's
0: get into our final segment of the yeah. show um so this friday the 13th ooh, fireworks brought forth into the horror world one of the most iconic masks And horror history. Yeah. I I don't think that can be argued. No, no, I agree. So Mike and I have decided to each list our top five masks in horror history.
1: Yeah. And I want to be clear that, you know, this can be confusing because like there's lots of like you could go out and buy a Halloween mask of a Freddy Krueger. And that's very that's a very popular item. But Freddy isn't wearing a mask. Right. So for the purposes of this list, within the plot of the film itself, there is a mask, right? So in this case, it is Jason's hockey mask. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I wanted to make that distinction where it's like I wanted at one point I was like, ooh, uh, you know, Pinhead is great. But it's like Pinhead's not wearing a mask. It's It's very easy to buy a Pinhead mask, but... Uh, that's his real face. So. Right, right. So yeah, masked villains from horror movies, favorite masks. Uh, who should go first? Uh, why don't you kick it off? Okay. Um, so, top five. I'm going to spoil this right off the top. Jason Voorhees hockey mask, not on my top five. And I think it's important for me to say this because I want to kind of let people have a little insight into how I picked. Eric and I talked about this a little bit, and I wanted to go with stuff I really like, and stuff that I think is fun and unique, and inarguably, this hockey mask is famous and well-known, and it's cool enough, but it just doesn't do a ton for me, and it kind of feels a little worn out, maybe. We'll say that. I don't know. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. Okay, so... Mine, my list is going to have a couple more randos on it. And I'm going to start with number five. Um, I have gone with the Sack Mask from The Orphanage. Um, oh. Yeah, so that is a movie, if, I, if no one has seen it, uh, by, uh, I believe it's a Mexican director. His name is J.A. Bayona, um, who has... Uh, done a handful of horror movies. Um, Orphanage, I think, is my favorite of his that I've seen. Um, he's, he most famously recently did Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which is a- Really? An insane mess of a movie. Um, but, like, not without some redeeming qualities, I'll just say that. But it's also very bad. Um, But anyways, The Orphanage, I think, is great. And I think it's really scary. Uh, It's definitely more of a ghost story kind of thing Mm -hmm. than a horror movie. But there is a little kid who wears, uh, you know, kind of, I don't want to say a classic sack mask. Because I think it's a little bit of a riff on that. And, you know, we talked about this, right? at 13th Part 2 has a pretty solid sack mask before we get the hockey mask. Yeah. And and we said they, they acknowledged that they took uh, their inspiration for that from the movie The Town That Dreaded Sundown. So, mm-hmm. so this one feels sort of like a natural extension of all of that. But this one, it's got some kind of creepy, like, almost clown-type features on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it has hair. Uh, it, it's kind of, it's basically like sort of a fucked-up ragdoll look. Uh, yep. But I think it's super creepy. Uh, and yeah, it's just like to me, it's probably the scariest part of what I found to be a very scary movie. So, that's my number five pick.
0: I like that. It actually almost made my list. Uh. Um, uh, and I'm not. And probably should have been my list. Mm. To be honest, looking looking at my list again now with with fresh eyes, uh, but I think it's it's just a it's a creepy, creepy uh, play on that like. Yeah, like everything Mm you said, that bag mask, which has been used before. The Strangers does it. Mm -hmm. Um, But this one, there's just something about a child wearing it Yeah, and the way it's made up. It has, like, rosy red cheeks. Yeah, really, really creepy. Uh, For me, my number five is a collection of masks, um, and they are the animal masks worn by the villagers in The Wicker Man. Ooh, that's fun. So they uh uh, before i even saw the wicker man i saw like a trailer for it on youtube or something Mm -hmm. and those masks were really what like i was like holy fuck that's scary yeah there's something about them that's scary and for me what makes a good mask is simplicity sure um i don't like the overly involved like there's something like uh i'm trying to think of an example uh uh, trick or Treat. Did you ever see Trick or Treat? I, have, I know the
1: masks. I haven't seen it, yeah. but I know what you're talking about.
0: Uh, I, I mean, spoiler, it turns out it's not actually a mask. But it looks too... I don't like it when a mask gets too realistic. Okay. Even, like, the Michael Myers mask, mm-hmm. I think, eventually gets too, like... You can see pores on it and shit. Right. Like, keep it the simple mask. Mm-hmm. And there's something so simple and effective about those, um, those masks that the villagers wear... And if I were going to have to send like sig- uh, uh, narrow it down to just one, the fish head
1: mask. <laughs> the fish head. Is the, it's the creepiest <laughs> yeah. one, I think. Yeah. It is very creepy. Uh, that's great. All right. Cool. Um, my number four, uh, another one that's a little more out there. But I picked this one not only for, I believe, looking real fucking badass, but also because of its importance to the plot of this film. I'm going to go with the metal mask from Demons. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this one, anybody who hasn't seen Lomberto Bava's Demons, uh, it's the simplest, it's the highest concept movie ever. It's just like a bunch of people go to a horror movie premiere and a zombie sort of situation breaks out and they're all trapped in the theater and it's awesome and at one point somebody rides a dirt bike through the theater with I, with i believe a samurai sword right and it's like taking out zombies yeah um,
0: did you ever see part two
1: i have not seen demons Day. oh it's no. fucking. Up. we should probably do demons at some all point right. well so anyways the demons mask is this awesome uh it's like a almost chrome like Uh, Mm -hmm. demon demonic mask. And what's really cool about it. I think as someone who likes films so much, there's something very meta about this movie. And this mask is introduced as like a a prop from the film that's being premiered. That Mm -hmm. is being displayed in the lobby of the movie theater. Um, And when someone tries it on, Uh, It has uh, sharpened uh, edges or blades or whatever it is inside and and cuts the person's skin, which is what starts off the zombie transformation. So um, it's sort of a cursed instrument and it also just looks dope. So that is my number four. That's a good pick.
0: Uh, My number four pick is from the 1960 movie eyes without a face Ooh. do you know do you know the mask I'm talking about I... it's, a, it's about a girl who gets disfigured in uh, her surgeon she, her father I believe mm-hmm. is a plastic surgeon but she spends the movie with this blank white mask that is very very creepy and effective um, I'm looking at I it mean, now and
1: yes it is creepy
0: and like I was saying for me simpler is always better yeah it's sort of like in Chainsaw Massacre, where the violence is mm-hmm. is is left off screen to, to your imagination, there's something about a really simple mask that's similar to that. Like you can project your own fears onto it yeah. in a way. Not to be like fucking pretentious about it, but <laughs> yeah. That is one of my uh, favorite masks. One could even say my fourth favorite mask. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, okay. So moving on to... Oh, sorry. I want to call out uh, the killer in Hush
0: had a very similar, similar mask. Yes.
1: I have seen, I believe I've seen that on Netflix as like a trailer and that it did look familiar. Um, so my number three uh, is not really one mask. It's three masks. And it's also my number three pick, and perhaps not coincidentally, the rule of threes. Three, 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 comes from Halloween 3. Oh, yeah. Season of the Witch. Which are the silver shamrock masks that... <laughs> God, like, is it... I mean, I—I I, am I crazy for being... I might like Halloween three almost as much as I like Halloween.
0: I fucking love Halloween three. God, like I, I loved it from the jump
1: too. Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't see it, it until something about pretty late. it. So yeah. awesome. I didn't see it until I was like well into my twenties, and oh really? And when I I and uh, same. Like the first time I ever saw it, I was like, this is awesome. Why have I not seen this movie before? Yeah. Um, but yeah. So there are three masks uh, that that also again similar to demons i like this as a pick because these masks form the crux of the plot of the movie and so Mm -hmm. i'm not going to spoil the whole thing but there's a skeleton mask a jack-o'-lantern mask and a witch mask and they all look the perfect kind of like just a little off a little creepy Mm -hmm. they're really just like normal halloween masks um And I, you know, I don't even know that they would seem any different if it wasn't for their involvement in this movie, but it's like I see them now and they like immediately jump out to me and there is a wonderful sort of tactile quality about them yeah they
0: like it's a nice rubber that they're made out of
1: yeah yeah anyways i don't want to go too much into the details because if you've never seen halloween 3 you gotta see it it's fucking awesome um but yeah those masks are super creepy and they are not just uh creepy looking they also do creepy stuff
0: and they also make a a brief appearance in the movie the guest yeah <clears throat> Yeah, I noticed them. Like, there's a Halloween dance, and they're like on the
1: walls there. That's fun.
0: Okay, so number three for me. All right, so now we're gonna kind of get into some well-worn territory. I think heavy, I, heavy I, hitters. Maybe, maybe it's a lack of of creativity on my part, but I do think Jason Voorhees hockey mask specifically. Mm-hmm. It's just such a. My my son knows what it is. Sure. I I was talking about this segment with my wife and my son before I came down here and my son was like, can you guess mine? Like, is it Jason? He's like, yeah, it's Jason. (laughs) Even though he's never seen a Friday the 13th. Yeah. Yeah. There's just something about it that just sticks, sticks in your head. And now I'll get to it. Um, yeah. So, you know, what, what else can I say? We've been talking about this series for Mm -hmm. (laughs) five episodes, six episodes now. Uh, uh, and, and specifically when it starts to get a little... I like it when it gets a little chipped up. Yeah. <clears throat> kind of around part four era in this mm-hmm. era. Yeah. Uh, and not so much when it starts to get, like, Jason's metal mask
1: from X. Oh, God. X, you know, yeah, like that, that one's shit. terrible. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, for me, we are moving on to number two. And similar to Eric, uh, you know, these last two are going to be big-time heavy hitters for me. Uh, I know I already spoiled that I left uh, Jason Voorhees off my list. However, two of the other biggest names in horror history did make my top two spots. And then number two, I have uh, Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Mm. Mm -hmm. um, who, again, Eric likes to talk about simplicity. Leatherface's mask is presumably uh, someone else's face. It is Mm -hmm. uh, it is just a human skin mask. Uh, And I love also as a native Wisconsinite, uh, the the inspiration for a lot of the movie and specifically for this mask made of human skin comes from an infamous Wisconsin serial killer named Ed Gein, who uh, also was a big inspiration for Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Mm hmm. yeah, we've got a lot of gross serial killers in Wisconsin. It's very fun, um, but yeah, Leatherface is just—he's fucking creepy. And a lot of the reason I think, especially as I was younger, when you see him in the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's a lack of definition. I want to say, in his face. In his face. Yeah. Uh, and, you mean you mean like the
0: mask or his face? face? The
1: mask itself. His his actual. Yeah. yeah it, where it's like it's the kind of thing where you spend a lot of time looking at it just to try to sort of figure out, figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that like with a lot of things you lose in later movies. I think we see too much of it and it changes in its appearance. Uh, Mm -hmm, but in mm -hmm. the first one, I think it's just really fucking creepy. Um, yeah. And an all time Uh, creepy horror villain.
0: I think uh, we're going to be in lockstep from this point forward because number two for me is also Leatherface. Okay. Um, It is one of the masks out of all that we've listed that is just conceptually horrifying. Yeah. That he's wearing somebody else's face. Yeah. uh, And disgusting. And Jesus, must smell so bad. (laughs) (laughs) But he doesn't care. Why does he care? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that is number two for me, and specifically from the first movie, it starts to get into, like, I don't know, too, they do too much with it yeah. in the following movies. yeah. What is the one where he actually cuts somebody's face off? We see him, like, uh, get the new mat, like, get a new face. I don't
1: remember, you know? I think it might be part three. I don't know. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll, we'll find it. out sooner or later. Yeah. Um, well, since presumably we have the same number one pick, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. uh, and I spoke at length about Leatherface, why don't you go ahead and let people know who your number one all time mask is?
0: Michael Myers, baby.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: It's Simplicity's King. They just took a William Shatner mask, cut the eyes a little bit bigger, and spray painted it white. Mm-hmm. And, geez, the way it pops in a dark room. You know, similar to Jason. Jason's does as well, but there's, it's just, it's a thing of, and it's, (sighs) Jason's is iconic. Michael Myers maybe could be argued slightly less iconic to the average viewer, but it's so specific to him, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, It's seeing that thing out of a window. Or in the distance, always is going to put a chill down my spine.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think it's, you know, it's it's white, it's nondescript, it's ghostly. Yeah. And, you know, again, this is one that I think that they fuck it up as they go on, you know? Yep, I um, agree. And in the first film, and I think credit to the second, I think, still keeps it pretty simple. Um, but, like, even in... Um, The 2018 Halloween, which I thought was a really well done, you know, sequel slash reboot, considering Mm -hmm. all all the places that series had been. Mm -hmm. I still don't like the fact that he is wearing what seems to be his original mask, which which is heavily worn and discolored. And but it's it's obviously not. It's something they designed for the film because it also looks very aged. And I don't just mean the mask itself. It gives the killer the appearance of being someone older. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just doesn't work as well for me. And I think just that original blank white visage of, turns out, William Shatner uh, is just perfect.
0: Yeah, I agree. Hey, I have a question about the Halloween series. Mm-hmm. When and if we ever get to it. <laughs> I I have the producer's cut of part
1: six. Okay.
0: Uh, I haven't watched it yet, and that, and part of the reason why I haven't watched it yet is I uh, like, you well, know, I'll probably have to watch this for mm-hmm. Killstreak. Yeah. But we're probably gonna have to watch the theatrical cut, right?
1: Yeah, I assume so.
0: Okay, I'll just watch it on my own then. Okay.
1: Well, yeah, you gotta let me know how it is. Uh, I will. How it compares? That's very interesting. Yeah, but I mean, I'll go ahead and say this uh, i do not expect halloween to be a 2020 series for us here yeah
0: yeah, yeah. I, I agree too yeah. we, we we got friday the 13th yeah we're probably gonna do some smaller series or uh yeah that's one that we're gonna have to save for a little
1: bit yeah so i would say i think you're safe to watch producers cut of part six mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that wraps up our uh, top five all-time horror villain masks and brings to a close uh, our uh, episode on part five, a new beginning. Next time, we will be back with Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives. Jason Lives. Yeah.
0: Um, so, guys, if you want to write to us, uh, you can do so at killstreakpod at gmail.com. Um, and you can leave us a voicemail on our website which is anchor dot anchor.fm slash killstreakpod. Nailed it. Alright, here we go.
1: <laughs> yeah uh, that'll do it. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add, Eric? Uh
0: no, but I you know I'm gonna sk- I'm going to end the show the way we always end the show. Well, let me just throw one more thing in, which is
1: just to say we got one more episode until we're going to reveal the winner of our scored-to-death Grandmaster title. So if you guys want Mm -hmm. to jump in on that, we'll be talking about that next time when we talk about part six. And I think we'll definitely have uh, Mr. Ryan Martin back at some point in the not-too-distant future. To yeah, we should engage in more fun and games and we've said this before but uh, I do want to continue to encourage people if you have a fun idea for a segment a game if you want to put together a quiz for us you know we're a two man podcast we'll have uh, more guests in the future but uh, you know right now it's it, we're kind of in a place where it's either me quizzing Eric or Eric quizzing me if you guys want to quiz the both of us and help us out send us some shit Email us, yeah. you know, let us let us know what you're thinking.
0: And as always, cloudy in the mountains, sunny in the valleys, and snow flurries up your nose.